Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Game Alone's podcast. Yes, we are back for a second series after a little bit of time away. And what a stonker of a show we've got lined up for you for episode one, as I am joined by the amazing Jack Wicks to discuss social housing and how you can use this as a property strategy. Um, Jack's actually been on the podcast in season one, but since then has kind of reimagined himself as a guru in the social housing space. And I really, really wanted to get Jack back on. I've been talking to him for about three months about it. Finally, we ended up getting some time in the diary to uh, to talk about social housing, um, how you can use this as a property investment strategy and all the benefits that come with it. So I am absolutely delighted um, that we get to kick off season two with this episode. So look, without any further ado, I'm going to shut up. Let's just get on with the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new series of the Game of Loans podcast series two and a massive welcome back to the head honcho of social housing. I think it's uh, fair to say Jack Wicks. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Good to have you back on the show. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. No, good good to have you back, Jack, as I said. And as we were talking about off air, um, we have had you on the show before, but um, I was really eager to get you back on because since we last spoke, you've really sort of niched down into what I think is a huge, huge area um, of growth within the property investment sector, which is working um, with social housing providers. And so I guess, obviously, for those that haven't listened to the first episode, um, I wanted to give you first the opportunity to introduce yourself again, but also, I guess... To, to say, you know, I've got you on here because we need to talk social housing, man. It's 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 huge, isn't it? It's one hundred percent huge, yeah. And and you keep nicking all the uh, the content from me, so <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I've been in property ten years now, um, the big decade, and and I've done everything. Um, rent to rent um, was my kind of first success, I suppose you'd call it. I've done blocks of flats, title splits, lease options, um, all sorts, and sort of in the last two years it has been social housing purely on the back of you know the the consistency of it so for those that don't know brief overview social housing is anything from asylum seekers to homelessness to it could even be supported living and those with sort of very specific needs um and what you get for that as a landlord is almost uh, an fri lease which you get with commercial property so fully insuring and repairing lease and um it just what i liked about it is in property there's so many um so many things that can go wrong so many things that could add cost and when you're working out your deals you end up guessing and averaging over a year and hope that it doesn't get worse um with maintenance and management and all that sort of stuff you know at the moment we're dealing with massive hike in energy costs that's going to hit hmo landlords really hard and completely unexpected and they can't just go and put that on the tenants because they simply just won't pay it um so I so when we found out about this model, it was straight away, this is the dream. So, you know, we can we can go get a property, knowing exactly what we're gonna get in terms of rent, and that will be net rent every single year. And we know that we're gonna be able to scale because there's no management element of it that we need to get involved in. There's no maintenance team we need to build in each area. Um, and ultimately it's not all about the money. And again, talking about, you know, in in these sort of times. You've got, um, you know, the whole thing in Afghanistan. You've got most recently Ukrainians trying to flee their country. And actually, as a property investor, it's quite nice to do something um, sort of notable and trying trying to sort of help as much as there are benefits in the financial part of it. It's actually quite nice to deal with stuff 
that's actually helping people that need it um, rather than, you know, fairly well-to-do students, for instance, or, you know, professional people that are doing well and you're just charging them a rent. You're kind of, you're helping people have a house and, and feel safe with, for their families, which is which is a pretty cool yeah. thing to be involved in. Yeah, do you know, it's, it's funny because I, I've obviously, both of us have been working in this in this sector for quite some time in terms of just property in general. And one thing that, that kind of annoys me, and I don't know if you have the same thing, because I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, it's funny how when you are in this lifestyle of what I would call like the 1% lifestyle, where you are looking to be successful, looking to improve yourself, you kind of forget that the 99% lifestyle exists. And yeah. so like a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, I went to Twickenham to watch the rugby and I was with a load of people that, they, you know, they're just, they, they're really great people, but they're just nine to fivers. You know, they just go, go, and have, go and have a job. And you mentioned some of the stuff that you do. So I was talking to them about, um, you know, some of the clients that I have and some of the, you know, the properties they own, their big, big portfolios. And their instant reaction is, oh, just money grabbing, you know, uh, the, 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 like the fat cat landlord. Um, idea and I and I said to them look I don't want to get into it because now's not the time you know we're here to have a beer and watch a bit of rugby but actually you'll be surprised that stereotype is just so old-fashioned and so irrelevant because so many landlords actually take such a, a great amount of pride in knowing that they are housing people and they want to create a really nice living environment for people um, to to reside in and I think I mean going into, into the social housing sector just basically takes that to the next level doesn't it yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you, you get that with it. any business that means you make more money than somebody else. There must be something you're something you're doing, and and you know, people. I think people in general, and this is another debate entirely, but people genuinely think that if you have wealth, that means you've taken it from somebody who doesn't have wealth. It's like it's not it's not that one directional. It doesn't mean that you know that the owner of Netflix isn't like making you skint and and taking food off your table you're you're openly paying him for a service that you clearly appreciate and value and it's no different in property really um obviously you get people that are, that are kind of house hoarders you could call them um but someone's got to own them um and and it doesn't really matter if it's one person or a hundred thousand people it, it, it's irrelevant who to, to anybody else as long as they are creating a good home and they're looking after their tenants because that's half of it mm. um is there are rogue landlords out there and there are a lot of shit shit landlords that don't look after their tenants yeah um, but again they're probably the one percent out of the do, industry do, do you know um, not to go off from too much of a tangent on this but it's been, this reminds me of uh and so i'm i'm I, i'm old-fashioned i quite like going on twitter quite a lot because I, I like just watching conversations happen and i remember probably about a year ago now and I try to not get involved, but sometimes I just can't help myself. Somebody, there was like this twi this Twitter conversation going on, um, and to be honest, they were a bunch of twits as well. They they were they basically were debating the fact that they think that all um, private landlords should be made to give up all of their property so that it freed up stock for first time buyers to buy. <laughs> and I and I just thought please don't tell me this is like a popularist thought because that is just literally the stupidest thing that I think I've come across in such a long time. But yeah. I tried not to get involved. I did. I dived in like an idiot and I, and I pulled myself back out of it pretty quickly when I realized it was just pointless. Um, but I just, I just couldn't understand how anyone can think that that in the real world actually works. Landlords are creating homes for people. We don't have enough homes in this country and the private rental sector 
is the easiest way to ensure that every person that needs it has a home, um, you know, in the UK. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, like you say, it's, it's a very in-depth in conversation. And um, it's like, if it, these are the same people that complain about the government and the councils aren't doing enough. So you're saying if there's no private landlords, then all of it will be owned by the councils. Um, and and you've probably said that they can't do their job right. It's it's like none of it makes sense. And people just <laughs> like to moan at, at people who have money or seemingly have money. Because the other thing is most landlords um, would really struggle if they didn't get their monthly rent payment. <clears throat> and people don't seem to realize that either. You know, when they go and, and just don't pay for a couple of months and find it hilarious, um, you know, that could be someone who inherited that property and actually rely on the income from that. Um, you, you just never know with these things. It's never it's never as straightforward as people seem to think. Otherwise, it, it would be fixed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a tricky thing because I, I guess like like anything, like you said at the beginning, if if somebody has something that you don't, the, the 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 mindset just seems to be well they've 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 got there by some kind of illegal or you know slightly naughty means which is which is ridiculous but your daddy's money is the favorite one. Oh yeah absolutely that's your, that's absolutely. your tiktok go to anyone who's successful <laughs> their dad gave it to them or this that and the other there's always a reason why couldn't oh. possibly be the hard work and risk and blood sweat and tears Absolutely. No, it's it's uh it, do you know I was I was actually listening to another podcast <clears throat> yesterday and it was talking about that 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 risk that people take to become entrepreneurs and actually somebody made a really good point on there that with all of the stuff that's going on in government at the moment i know we're going on a bit of a tangent we definitely need to get back to talking about social housing but the what was a really really good point on this was that with everything that's going on with particularly you know stuff against landlords making it more difficult to be a landlord and make money out of it um more difficult just to be a business owner in general you know corporation tax going up all this kind of stuff it's actually making it almost more risky to become a business owner. Um, and the point that the person on the podcast made, which I, I kind of shared after I after I heard it, was it's actually quite dangerous because this country, like many Western countries, is really held up by um, having a, a, a core group of people that are really creative business people and, and entrepreneurs that, because, you know, at the end of the day, business people create jobs and landlords, what people don't even realise is nowadays landlords, they create jobs for people because, you know, loads of landlords employ PAs, they employ building staff, they employ, you know, some of them, you know, I even got clients that have started their own lettings agents because they own so many properties. They're employing people, they're, you know, they're, they're creating jobs. And, and ultimately, that's how that's how, you know, Western economies work is that there is money being, you know, flowing from somebody that, that is that understands how to create the, 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 the service that someone wants to provide and scratching that itch, and then feeding that money back into the community by way of employing people to ensure that service, you know, holds up. I mean, that's, that's where the term currency come from. It's the, it's the, it's the current, the flow of, of money from one person to another. And that, that's, that's it in a nutshell. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll get off my high horse on it now. My, my, my soapbox. I'll yeah. Get, I, I think, I think look, <laughs> like, I have to listen to my dad every single day, moan and bitch about everything you could imagine. And I always just say <laughs> to him, are you going to go and sort it out? Are you going to get in the car now and you're going to go and figure that out and you're going to sort it out? Because if you're not, stop bitching and moaning about it and focus on your life. Have a chat with me and a beer or something and just relax. Because unless you're, if you're that pressed about something, go and do something about it. If you're not, then sit there in silence and stop. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't help anyone. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like these people that moan about the business people that are doing well, et cetera. And, and, you know, go and do it yourself then.
Yeah. yeah. That, that's part of it, I think. With most people that bitch and moan about other people that have things, it's because they know they can't actually be asked to even try. Mm. Um, and, and therefore, I'd like to just bitch and moan about you because I know that I'm sort of um, inwardly frustrated with myself. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. But look, b- before we head on too far of a tangent, I do want to bring it back to talking about um, the social housing side of things. Obviously, this yep. is the core of what we want to talk about today. Um, so for those that um, obviously you went into a little bit of detail at the beginning, well, I mean, I'm interested to know the process from um, in terms of what I, what I get asked a lot is how do you actually get to the point where you can rent a property out through a social housing provider? Like, How does that how does that process even come about? Um, obviously, you are you know very well versed in that. So, if you wouldn't mind sharing, sort of, I guess your process of of of, of actually doing that, because I know I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are probably listening in purely because they might want to actually come and say to you, Jack, uh, can you can you help me with this? Yeah, it's um it's a lot. It's been a long slog to be honest, and um it's never. People are always like, well, if it's that easy, why doesn't everyone do it? And it's just not easy, basically. Um, to get the benefits that you get from social housing, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. This is, in some cases, government-backed money. Um, it's for people that really, truly need it. And it needs to, properties need to be done to the certain level that they require, quite rightly. Um, but it is painful sometimes. Um, there's, they're very archaic processes you have to deal with here. Um, and, and we learned that over the last two years that we've done this, um, and we've got it down to to a fine art. Nothing to do with me, by the way. Um, that, that's systems and process driven stuff, and and getting the right build teams that know exactly what they want. Um, but I suppose the the, the question's multi multifaceted. Great word. Um, not to be confused with um, you know what's the what's the other word that's uh, fallacid, um, phallus. I'm, I'm such a nice word. Yeah, um, I'm, 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 you know, redoing my my English GCSE at the moment, mate. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep coming. Keep um, coming. And, <laughs> uh, and because obviously, what what most people want to know is how do I go and get a, a lease on my property? Um, and it's just not that simple. Quite rightly and understandably, most social housing providers are um, are protective, and they won't just put their details out everywhere because what they don't want is everyone and every man and their dog just turning up and going, can you take this house? Can you take this house? They just cannot, um, they, they don't have enough staff or resource to be able to deal with that. So what they look for is big companies who are doing lots of properties or big landlords that are buying lots of properties and they're getting the properties done to the right level um, and therefore making their life easier. Um, and that's where we've been lucky enough to, to be involved in. Um, and from there, you kind of start to build your, sort of core social housing um providers really you've got the obvious ones which i don't mind saying on here it's like circo uh everybody if you type in social housing it's going to come up with circo and they're great they don't pay very well um but they are one of the the most solid social housing contracts you can get they're, mm-hmm. they're quite anal with the refurb but again once the refurb's done they're brilliant they'll take that on for 10 years you've got a lot of smaller ones you call them sort of boutique Social housing providers, they're the ones I really like because they're very specific on who you're helping. So it might be like, we need four houses in this part of Leeds for a family that's going through this or something like that. They're always pretty cool. But again, that comes with just being in the industry. So something I've kind of realized having been in property for 10 years is it's not all that much fun once you've done it for a little while. 
Um, there's a lot of it that's shit. There's a lot of stakeholders involved in the process. Um, so actually, and, and this is honestly not me trying to sell my service. You can take it or leave it. But um, if, if I wanted to do it again, I'd just be going and getting someone who does it and, and paying them to do it because the amount of money you will lose with social housing by getting that refurb wrong because they're not fast to come out again and do another check. It could be months down the line before you get that remedied and then rechecked and signed off. Um, you know, they give you six months to get this stuff signed off as well. So if you're delayed on your refurb, they could they could turn around and say, well, that's it. We don't want it anymore. Um, in most cases, they're not that harsh and they'll just um, extend another six months. But um, you have to be wary of that stuff. And I think people go into this naively thinking, oh, I'm just going to put this lease in place and I'm going to get all this money. Lovely. But there's a lot of process uh, in, in the background um, that, that is well worth making sure that you know. Yeah, it's you know you just saying that there, um, and I think I, I actually really commend your honesty because I think the pr the problem that I have a little bit with the property sector actually is that everyone it's almost there's almost like a pressure that you have to be absolutely in love with being a property investor. Yeah, you got you got to eat, sleep, drink, whatever property all the time, and you have got to love every part of it. Do you know what though, mate? The best investors that I work with are just amazing at being the conductor of the orchestra. Just sitting back, they do very little. They'll use property sources. You know, they'll use people to, they'll use agents, they'll use management agents. You know, basically everything that needs to get done throughout the process, they'll use uh, virtual assistants to help them with, you know, finding sites or finding properties. They'll literally farm out every single facet of it. Yes, they will not make as much money as somebody that is doing all of that stuff themselves. But then it's a, then it's a time, time money balance. And, this kind of brings it on to the a big question I was going to ask you about this because I know my own opinion of it. Is renting your property through a social housing provider the closest thing to true passive income there is as a property investor? I believe so. Depending on the contract and the provider, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, there's obviously upfront work unless you get someone else to do it. Um, but that's that's as a business and um, myself and my business partner, that is what we focused on is what upfront work can we do to then give us, you know, passive, stress-free, predictable, that's a big word for us with properties, pre the predictability of income. You know, people can go and get service accommodation units and they'll tell you it's passive until the cows come home. It's fucking <laughs> not. It's far from it. And equally, it is certainly not um, predictable. One month, you could just wash your face. The next, you, you're, you're running around buying a Ferrari. It is, it's completely... <laughs> And you can, again, people are like, well, I just average it over the month. You don't average it over the month. You go and spend every penny when it comes in, let's be honest. But um, yeah, I, 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 like, I like that you can get a fixed term mortgage. You can get a fixed income that is net because they deal with all the problems. Um, and it, yeah, it just, it just helps you sleep at night, knowing that, like I say, not only are you looking after people and you're giving them you know, comfort and safety in a house, but you're also getting a predictable income that means you can um yeah and you know live your life bit and know what's coming in and what's going out yeah and and i think this is i, I mean i agree with you wholeheartedly and i'm really glad that you you agreed you said yes because otherwise we'd be having a different conversation right now but um because I, I genuinely do and because i get to see i'm quite fortunate in my position i get to see across the whole spectrum of different sort of investment strategies and this is by far the one that 
I mean, the the, the the clients that I speak to that do this, they are genuinely the most chilled. <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking. They really are, um, because they are they're not. There's a whole part of being a property investor that's just removed from the equation. All the stuff you've mentioned, you know, you're not worrying about the upkeep of the property. You're not worrying about tenants moving out last minute or whatever, because you've signed up to, a, as you say, potentially a ten year lease with someone like Serco. Um, but then what, what always amazes me as well, though, is when I speak to people that are relatively new to it, and you probably have the same thing, because obviously you've got people coming to you saying, Jack, please help me find these properties, um, is that they're, they're really keen to have that passive element, but they're not comfortable with the fact that maybe they might not actually physically earn as much money. Because as we know, through our discussions, through us working together, me arranging the mortgages, they're not necessarily as cheap as if you just go you know, down the road to your, to your standard buy-to-let lender. They are, they is going to cost a little bit more, which may eat into the cash flow. But so you've got to find that balance. You can't, you basically, you can't have everything. You've got to either go for something that's more passive or something uh, that, that might not make you as much money or something that where you put a bit more time into it and it might make you a little bit more, such as something like service accommodation. Yeah. And everything has its place. You know, if, if you're just starting out and you need to maximize, you know, you've got 10 grand, let's say, um, go and get a couple of SAs and put a lot of graft into them and get really good cash flow out of them. Um, equally, if you're a little bit more, I don't know um, what the word would be, bored of, of the issues that come across in, in property and, and dealing with, with property in general, and, and actually you're looking at it as an investment, not a business, which I've kind of got to a point where I'm just like, property should be considered an asset class and, and not it's not so much a business you can have property businesses um which which use property but um but equally i think if you if you use it as just an investment class um then then i think it, it makes total sense to go down the route of something like this that avoids because pe people who aren't so wet behind the ears don't realize the stress of a non-paying tenant or having to go to court to kick them out or having to pay for a refurb that was only done a year ago and has been absolutely trashed by someone like all of that stuff really takes a toll and it is, it is way more common than most people think um people think oh, i'll just go get a nice single let for a lovely little family and it's like that the reality of that being the case is is small um so I think you, you almost, without having the heartache and the pain of having dealt with those issues, you would always go along with, well, why would I go social housing when I can get more with a single let or an SA or something else? But once you've been through it and you realize how painful that process is, the, the social housing is just a no-brainer. Um, yeah. and, and we've kind of taken it a step further by using rent-to-rent -rent as a strategy as well, which helps us maximize our money. Um, mm. So so weirdly, I, saw, I had a... a 18 HMOs that we ran as rent to rents. Um, and we got rid of them because of the stress, because of the hassle, you know, every month waiting for a boiler to go and have to deal with, um, with that or waiting for tenants just to leave or all six of them to leave at the same time, because they're all friends now and they'll just go and rent something together. It's like, there's, you're always just kind of when, when you're at full occupancy, you're, you're there on the edge of your seat going, what's going to happen here? What's <laughs> happening? So we got rid of it and a couple of months later we were we were back into rent to rent heavily doing social housing and we've done um well we've done about i think 26 now in just over a year um we've taken on ourselves and um and we continue to source them for investors now as well so it's um again with rent to rent people look at it and go well you know if you have one void you've wiped your profit with this we don't have that 
Um, yeah. it's, almost, it's almost a rent to rent to rent, I suppose you could call it, because we're we're then just leasing it rather than individual tenants. We're leasing it out to to the provider who give us a set set amount. Yeah. And you know, what? I'll, I'll be honest, this, this is where I get really annoyed with mortgage lenders, <clears throat> because, you know, as as you and I have just talked about many, many a time, the 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 the, the mortgage industry just isn't up to speed with this just yet. Um, it really isn't. And yeah, I'm, really, really, I'm really I'm really it is, but it's slow. And this is what frustrates me the most is that when you actually boil down uh, to exactly what's going on, and, and if you ask a, a mortgage lender why they wouldn't lend on a property that's rented to say, a social housing provider like Serco, for example, is they, they'll always quote reputational risk. So what a lender doesn't want to do is they don't want to be seen to be kicking out in inverted commas, um, vulnerable people, if the um, if the senior landlord let's call them um doesn't keep up repayments on their mortgage and then they have to repossess and i go through the process with them and i say like right okay let's just destroy this argument for you once and for all which is right let's start from the bottom and work our way up actually no, let's start at the top and work our way down it's easier that way so your 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 senior landlord i.e your borrower what are the chances of them defaulting on a loan that they're getting a guaranteed rent for for 10 years <laughs> very very low much lower than the average so that's that's one that's one thing that i just go look guys if you're happy to rent to lend to somebody that's renting on a h a six bedroom hmo that probably for most of the year will not be at full occupancy take, take the money direct my, my thought process on it to, to just like jump in at that stage is take the money from the housing association directly yeah. why isn't that an option take your percentage from them the rest I guarantee is it's, it's admin. I guarantee you it's admin. They just can't, like, they can't get their head around it. The, yeah. And the other thing about it, it being like reputational, like how about good reputation? How about you create a product specifically for it and you're going to be all over the news as the lender who is helping landlords house those who are in need of accommodation? I need you to rather than the ones my that have call, like, my next call to lenders. I'm I'm signing you up as my as my right hand man to assist with this. These are the things I say to them. You know, I'm telling lenders all the time you need to create a product for this because I say to people all the time, social housing from a mortgage perspective is not a product type. It's not an HMO product. It's not a service accommodation product. It is a criteria point. Some lenders will just be happy to lend on these types of leases. But from the reputational risk point of view, you're absolutely spot on. In fact, that's something I haven't really thought about in terms of the positive reputation that a lender can create. They're always looking at downside risk. That's just that's just banking in general, yeah. which I kind of which I do understand. Um, and they're concerned that they are going to be seen to be throwing out vulnerable people onto the street. And I say to them, you're not. I said, no, I said, do you really think you are physically you're going to be taking the property away from you know, Jack, for example, who <laughs> doesn't keep up repayments on his mortgage. Of course you do, Jack, don't worry. Um, but then to, and then you're going to implement a break clause with Serco and Serco are going to go, okay, cool, no worries at all. And they pick those people up and they put them into another property. You are not putting anyone on the street at all. Well, the other point it's in that crazy. is you don't have to kick them out at all. If, if they're going to then have to put that property on an auction, for instance, the property is going to sell pretty fucking well with a guaranteed tenant with six years left on a contract. Yeah. So I don't see, I don't see that the, the relevant, the, the, the idea that they're going to, that will be the first point of call to chuck them all out. is just odd to me. I just think but that's because it's just all yeah. the way, it's just the way it's always been. That's, yeah. that's lending. That's, that's, that's what, you know, well, welcome. You're getting an insight into the frustrations that I, I have quite a lot, Jack, is that, you know, even even I, I talk to clients about service accommodation all the time and they're like, oh, you know, what's the mortgage market like? What's the, I said, it's the wild west. 
It's, it's, you know, it's all over the shop. They can't even decide what they want to call it. Some lenders are calling it a holiday let. Some lenders are calling it short term mm. let. And it's and it will. This is it, this is why though for me, property yeah. is just it's just ridiculous. It's like yeah. there's, it's so nonsensical. It's like, um, you know, the, the social housing for me, based specifically based on a, a good lease. Of course, there are crap ones, by the way. Um, on a good social housing lease, there's no reason why the lending shouldn't be the cheapest. They shouldn't give you the biggest loan to value and they shouldn't be giving you a commercial valuation on the basis of the contract that you have. Mm -hmm. And if they did that, they would absolutely fly as a, because bearing in mind these, these guys are desperate to lend money out, right? And they're fighting against everyone else. And the only option it seems is to be the lowest on a rate, then just do something like this that is niche and it is growing in popularity and it's doing a good thing for, for people that really need it. So give investors the best opportunity to build that portfolio. Mm. It, you know what it is? I mean, I, I know through, through spending a lot of time with lenders that a lot of it actually comes down to um, the, the funding lines that they have. And what a lot of people don't, don't realize, um, even professional investors sometimes don't even know that 90% of, of lenders in this country are not lending their own money. You know, there's a very, very good reason, let me say this, that uh, the government bailed out RBS about 12 or, or 13 years ago because if, if rbs went went south our lending market would have probably collapsed um because a lot of lending in this country originates from rbs and one or two other similar banks and so it's the it's the funding lines that aren't comfortable with it so it's actually getting the funding lines right with it so that we can then implement policy at a lender level and not wanting to get too technical about it but that's basically kind of how that works so it is it is difficult um and, the, and one of the best things about our lending market in the uk is also one of the worst but the, the best is that it's probably one of the most secure if not the most secure lending market in the world um and that is something to be really proud of and be be, be very um uh, be and to be commended but at the same time it does mean it's quite slow and it does mean that anything that is a little bit outside of the norm is quite difficult to you know to get across you go over to america you sign your name, your name mickey mouse at the bottom of, of a of a mortgage application and they'll give you the money yesterday that's it's, what we um, need that's yeah. what we need Sam. But, then, but then but then we but then we had you know 12 years ago we had catastrophic economic collapse of the western world so you know it swings around about 20 it depends what you're into <laughs> yeah it's um again the, it's, it's the pace element for me kills me kills me every time it, it's mad there's too many there's just so many stakeholders involved in these things and and they're just in my opinion doesn't really need to be so i'm i'm looking forward to the time when when maybe crypto or nfts can come into the property space and, and revolutionize that um in the form of smart contracts or or whatever that may be um a way in which we can you know because it's it's crazy like i mean I'm, I'm selling a property we bought a year ago the same solicitor got it for us from an auction so she's done all of her inquiries she's got the answers to them i'm now being asked the same questions and she's asking me to fill out forms that relate to the same shit that we had to ask for so she's got it on file but i'm then getting asked and it takes her three days to do that email and it's like this just shouldn't be happening whereas if there's a, a smart contract element the property will have all that information on there and it's only anything outside of that that may be new based on what we've done or haven't done that would then come up um yeah i'm excited about how close it feels that we are to that as, as much as i'm kind of thinking we're still really far away it's you know at least it will be in my lifetime yeah, I, I I get really excited by this as well, actually. Um, and I, so what, it depends on what day of the week it is. Like some days I'm like, we are close to this. We are really close. 
But then on other days, I'm like, actually, are we? It's because mm. it's one of, one of those things. It's when we have a market that is as complex as ours, the, our housing market in terms of all the different tiny little facets of a of a process that needs to be be to be sorted. You know, you have to have pretty much everyone signing up to this, which is which is why lending is so difficult. When you want to be doing these a lot of these changes, you kind of have to have all the banks to sign up to it for it to kind of work and for it to become the norm, which you know takes time. But I mean, I I, unless you use obviously decentralized finance, which is then another kettle of fish entirely. Oh yeah, um, and this and this is this is the thing. I mean, I think so on the on the smart contract thing. I'm certain I saw something that um, the first smart contract was used for a property transaction in australia yeah weeks been used ago, in America, actually i can't remember which what they're called proppy, proppy they're called yeah which is great and the thing is is and this is why i said i'm not surprised that these things are happening in australia and, and, and america where actually australia have got quite a good um quite a good lending market i think um their model is brilliant actually you basically all, all the all the banks have to use the same application form which is like Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah, which is really cool. As far as I'm aware, um, I've had it for a couple of people talking this. But then in America, like I said, you know, their system is quite quick anyway. Um, you know, you you could you can conceivably do a property flip in America probably within a month. You could buy it, renovate it, and sell it probably within a month in America. That's that's you know the genuine truth. We can't physically do that in the UK. So that's my concern is that we might get left behind a little bit where other countries are implementing these sorts of things. Um, you know, you'll you'll see it happen in 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 other countries. You know, like Dubai or whatever. I reckon at some point. And then I just don't want the UK to get left behind with this kind of stuff because it's actually really exciting. And there's 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 like I said, there's as much infrastructure, technolo technology, um, and everything that's required in the UK to make these things really normal really quickly. But it's just getting you know the 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 idiots at the top. Um, and I'm not being horrible to politicians. I'm sure there's some really nice people out there, but sometimes you do just think, God, like, God, like, why, why are you not going all in on this kind of stuff? It's nuts. Yeah. You can revolutionise our country. You know, we've already got, in my opinion, you know, one of the one of the best commodities there is in the world, which is property in the UK. Property in the UK is coveted internationally as a commodity, um, and you know, why not? Why not use that to our advantage? You know, it's uh, and, and and create a system where it becomes even easier to buy it. And yeah. and then and then with the profits that you're making from it, put all of that into making more of it. You know, we, we, it's just for me, it's as it's as simple as that. And there's so much room to build it. We're just slow at doing it because the government don't have the infrastructure to do it, unfortunately. But then we can then we can put money into the rental market, put money into you know social housing and that all, that kind of stuff. So we're making sure that everyone in our in our country is honed to a good standard whilst also creating a commodity that can be sold internationally to bring millions if not billions of revenue into our into our economy you know I'm, I'm, maybe i just don't know enough about this shit and i'm just thinking it's really simple or, but for me it's really you, you need to get out there mate <laughs> oh, i'm not i'm i'm not getting back you've, in the you've show got, you've, for you've, no got, one. you've got the borises about you mate you can get in there oh thanks mate i mean i had quite a bit of weight <laughs> recently but I, there's no point taking the piss come on man. <laughs> Oh man, no, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange new world, but an exciting one. Um, yeah, that I think we're we're heading into. And uh, I mean, I was a, I was at a um an event where uh, D Ludlow did a did a mm -hmm. presentation recently, and um, yeah, I, I it was what is funny actually, it was a property event, and everyone kind of left. Um, and you, know, you could see there were some people that were just kind of like, oh, don't know, the, don't know the look of that. Because props, I do actually think ironically, property people can be a little bit kind of not not backwards. I don't want to use that terminology but a little bit they're not necessarily as forward thinking as others 
And then you got you saw some people walking out of that event going, man, that was one of the most exciting things I've been hearing about in ages. You know, the use. I mean, he was talking about smart contracts and stuff like that. It's just it's just incredible. The the the, the possibilities of this are endless. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a it's a it's a, a incredible new world that we're heading into. Hundred percent, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm trying my best to kind of uh, understand it and and see where where we might be able to sort of lead on it, um, but we shall see. Yeah, I know, I know. But look, um, one other thing that I, I wanted to, to to have a chat with you about is, is you know, I, I'm a, I'm a great fan of um, of sort of multiple streams of income, and I talk to, to to people a lot about, especially in property, some of the the, the um, the people that are most successful that I've worked with over the years have a another string to their bow or several other strings to their bow. They might have some sort of business, some sort of income stream that's coming their way that they can actually use to filter profits into building a property portfolio. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I've been very, very open with the fact that that's, that's what Grand Union Finance, my company is, you know, in, in this scenario um you've been talking a lot and i know you've set up like a separate um instagram just um talking about selling on on amazon and creating a, a business there so i know that you, you mentioned a little bit about the fact it's kind of a bit of a family affair this mm. uh, this this project um was that kind of your your thought process behind it was that actually it can generate some non-property related income that could potentially filter into reinvesting into property or, or into other assets is that how you were is that what you were kind of thinking in, in terms of planning this yeah not so much not so deep really um no i mean my, my wife's just sort of um starting her own business she's a, she's a graphic designer and a, and a um a sort of a rebrander i suppose you'd um you'd call it and and those i like, those I like that that's a really that's a, she should use that if she doesn't already rebrand re that's yeah. wicked. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so naturally, those those things, especially going from corporate world to starting a business from scratch like that, those things are slow to build up. You know, building a client base um, and stuff. So we, I mean, I've I've been speaking to a guy who's who's, I mean, he's just turned twenty one and he's um, absolutely killing it in in his Amazon business. So so we, I, I said, why don't we have a go at this ourselves? And it's actually a really cool business model. Like I said, there's so many stakeholders involved in in property, and there's so much delay. With Amazon FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, where they send it out and, and all the rest of it, you you find products that exist, you negotiate a good price on it, you send it in, and that's your job done. Might be a bit of price changing, um, but ultimately you refresh your Amazon page and, and you've got money sat there. And, and they deal with the customer service, and they deal. You know, there's no clients, no sales, no nothing, no marketing budget. So it's um, you know, it's relatively straightforward to earn one two k a month with it um so so we're kind of using it as our um our fun money pot so you know holidays mm -hmm. nights out meals out family days that sort of thing um so we can we can just you know do this little business together all it takes you get you you obviously order your product that you found you get it there you get your label printer out and relabel everything send it off the next day and that's your job done and then that's you know holiday done and you don't have to sort of think about where should we go what should we do it's like that goes from that account separate sorted um so yeah it's uh doesn't take a lot of time and and it's just something we thought we'd give a go and it's just nice like you say to have an, a, a business that is non-property and it's so quick to set up it's so quick to learn the the basics and and you can go you can again like anything you can go pretty deep into it and start doing white label products and all that sort of stuff but um yeah i guess yeah. if that's what if that's what you if you want to scale a a, a big business um, and I know I tagged you into uh, something that Simon Squibb put on his 
um, on his Instagram cow, about. Funny enough. Yeah, I'm just here. You know, I know, I know that um, you know he was talking about Amazon FBA and saying, "Well, you're not a true entrepreneur if you if you build yeah. yourself a business." But but actually, maybe sometimes that's not what you're aiming to do, right? You're just aiming to 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 create, like you said, a little bit of fun money. And if it's yeah. and if you and if you look at it, you know, I'm a great believer in starting with the end in mind. And if that's what you're planning on getting to then that's all you need to do right you just you just you, you don't you just do the basics to get something set up and and yeah you can you can start seeing that fun money come in well that's it and i, and I think you can you can term anything and the, the word entrepreneur what does it mean am i a businessman am i what it doesn't really fucking matter um as long as you um you live the lifestyle you're, you're happy um and and you have time to do what you want to do and, and the money to do that then it doesn't matter what you call it ultimately i, I would say the opposite that Amazon FBA is probably the ultimate entrepreneurial um, venture. It is, it is, I'm going to negotiate a price below what is being sold on another platform and I'm going to sell it for a profit. That is like Dell boy levels of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can bum, bundle certain things together and create an entirely new product that someone will buy just because they can't be asked to buy the individual components of what you've created in a package. Like there's loads of cool things you can do with it. So yeah, I don't know. No, I, I tend to agree with you, and I kind of that's that's pretty much what I said in 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 response to that um, to that message from from Simon when he put when he put that up. I think I did actually reply to his original post, kind of kind of saying that when actually um, you, you're spotting you're you're creating a service, you're spotting a um, an opportunity to bring something from over on this side to somebody over on the other side that maybe didn't have access to it initially and and you, you're scratching an itch and ultimately you know that that's what it is um but look i know, I know that you um you obviously you've, you've you've set up that particular instagram page you've got your 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 standard property instagram page as well um i was going to sort of say i don't know if you're doing it on the fba side or if it's just the uh, on the property side but also no on the property side you are you do offer a service in terms of actually helping investors find um or you find properties for investors and you also negotiate the contracts with the likes of Serco and other housing associations so in terms of people that want to come and work with you either on that side or or maybe even learn from you on the fba side what are the best ways of, the, of people sort of getting in touch to, to learn more and, and figure out how to work with you jack yeah so i mean certainly not the Amazon stuff yet. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, if you do want to learn though, the guy that taught me is, a, is also another Jack, a Jack's Amazon club. Um, uh, he's the 21 year old. So um, yeah, head, head over and, and check him out. His courses are awesome. So um, if you do want to learn that and you want a little bit of an extra side income, then it's definitely the way to go. Um, in terms of property, I was ed I was educating, mentoring, and all that that stuff, and I realised that it was I was kind of railroaded into that that model really, which most people seem to to get railroaded into. It seems like the obvious thing to do, um, and then I realised how much I hated it when I quit. So, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so so it's it's simply we just work with investors who have money and they want to do either they want to help people and they want to invest in social housing because they want to do good with their money. Um, or we help people because they get great returns. So um, we can help find acquisitions. It's become very difficult all of a sudden this year um, to find the returns. We were always around 20% ROI with our deals that we found investors. Um, that's based on rent alone. That's that's ignoring any, any refinance. But um, it's become really hard um, because the market's just crazy at the moment. Um, 
So we um, we're sort of focused on the rent to rent side of it. We've we've got a new provider um, who help the homeless, and they pay really good rates in the areas that we already operate in, um, and therefore we can get a, a good amount of rent to rent deals. And and the ROIs that we offer investors are fifty percent, um, which is over a five year term. Um, and with rent to rent, it's obviously a lot less in. So we we, we sort of created a, a product whereby you can invest five grand um uh or or as much as um 17 and a half to 20. cool so i mean just as a just because i just i find this this sort of stuff quite fascinating let's say someone that's listening to this does have five grand they're like right you know what let's let's start using this to to create another income for myself they reach out to you jack what 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 money could they be making per month um if they were if they were chucking five and five grand in with you to uh you know just to start this process essentially Five grand will, get, will make you 200 quid a month for five years. Um, That's nuts. Yeah. So, like, it's very simple as well. Um, you know, we kind of standardize the amounts based on the averages that we deal with. Some we're going to lose out on, some we'll do better on. Um, but but we kind of built it. So your five grand isn't going to get you a rent-to-rent deal, but it will get you half of one. So what we do with investors, just to make it more accessible for those who have less money, is um, we kind of split some deals in half and we will just go and say to somebody, if you've only got five grand, that's cool. We'll find someone else who has five. You don't need to worry about it. We'll give you the money every month, but we'll go and find the other half of that and we'll connect them together, um, which has worked really well. And yeah, I mean, I sold my house, my family home. I've sold my portfolio every penny that i have is into social housing rent to rent right now um yeah yeah so like we whenever i speak to investors it's like don't worry we're in it with you here <laughs> like mm-hmm. i have literally my life savings are into this um strategy and and the idea for us which again people can use us to have the same outcome but um the initial idea was i'm going to sell my house use all the equity to buy um properties and rent them out to social housing but actually what we've decided to do because of the returns on rent to rent, they're quicker, they're they're bigger, is we've put all of our money in there, spent a year doing it, and now we've created a cash flow machine. So we are looking at probably buying one or two properties from the income from the rent to rents this year. Um, by the time we've finished and reinvested, um, we'll be looking at buying one a month as of next year and probably for the next five years after that. So rather than spunking all of our deposit into two properties that we buy, we put it into a business, which is a rent to rent to social housing business, which then provides a constant monthly that then allows us to buy consistently. Amazing. It's just, I, I, I'm, I'm loving what hearing this because it is that, it's just you're, that structure that you've created of, I know where I want to end up and I'm reverse engineering it back to something that I can actually do now with relatively little financial input that can grow and snowball, that can take me on from stage to stage to stage. And yeah, mate, that's, uh, that's impressive. And it's really, really cool as well. I'm really, I'm, I'm happy that you've uh, you've found this because uh, yeah, as you said, you were losing, you began a bit disillusioned with property, but this is sort of, I guess, re, re- reawoken um, your interest kind of. to a certain would, degree. I wouldn't say that. I'd say that I'm now like I don't want anything to do with anything else. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I um, mean, it's it's nice as well. People people have this this sort of like, you know, I want to earn two grand a month, and like for us, it's like, well, that's three of our top deals at seventeen grand, and that's you done. So we've had people literally last week buy three deals straight up and then within, so we, we pay within 75 days of that that um, money hitting the account. Um, so within 75 days, they're making their two grand a month. Um, it, it's it's crazy. And again, going back to the whole like helping people, like I've got to a point now, I suppose it's a lucky, um, 
where, where the money's less important than the sort of impact you have on people's lives. And not only are we doing that by housing people, um, we're doing that by offering a service. We can't keep doing these. I can't, I haven't got any more houses to sell, so we can't keep <laughs> investing in these rent to rent deals. So if it means that, um, you know, people are investing, some, some people have been investing for their family or their, or their parents, for instance, um, so they'll chuck a bit of their, their parents' money in and they'll get this monthly return that just takes the pressure off. And it's like, it's so nice to, and it, you know, it sounds a bit over the top, but it, it, it can change people's lives, those sorts of returns. So it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I completely agree. Very commendable, mate. Um, but a nice way, a nice uh, thing to end the, uh, end the podcast on. And I'll just say, look, um, Jack, for anyone that wants to reach out to you, I will make sure that I drop all of your um, contact details, et cetera, in the notes on the podcast if you're listening if you're watching on youtube it will be down um in the description below as well i uh, just want to say jack a massive thanks for coming on and sharing your, your knowledge on a on a very very exciting and quite niche um niche subject so thanks so much for coming on mate no problem at all enjoyed it yeah cool i will catch up with you very soon i'm sure cheers mate speak to you soon cheers buddy